You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Great Lakes Gearia. It's where we've gotten all of our kettlebells. Uh, we've got our pull-up bar, uh, and you can get dumbbells and all that type of stuff. They're a Canadian company that does... Um, you know, really well-made um, uh, cast iron kettlebells, but they also do competition bells now. So great company, uh, you know, a lot of fun to work with. Um, we've been using their gear for years. Um, pretty much our entire gym <laughs> is great, like Zgiri equipment. Um, so very rugged uh, and stands up to me sweating all over it, never rusted. Um, so that powder coat finish is... Uh, uh, standing up quite well on all of our kettlebells. And the great thing is, as a listener of this podcast, if you go to greatlakesgearia.com um, and use promo code LIVEWILD at checkout, you get 10% off. Um, and that ain't nothing, because if you're buying a whole bunch of you know gym equipment or squat rack or uh, kettlebells, uh, that can get uh, to be a bit of money. Um, a very wise investment. It's a great investment in yourself. That's sort of the way we look at it. But, you know, we've got thousands of dollars of, uh, you know, weights in the basement. Um, and being able to save on them, because we had to pay full retail, because uh, <laughs> we can't use our own promo code. Kind of a bummer, huh? Um, but yes, if you use promo code LiveWild at checkout at greatlegsgear.com, save 10% and get some great exercise equipment uh, and kettlebells to do the workouts you're going to hear about in the episodes. So, yeah. Thank you guys for both listening and thanks Great Lakes Gearia for sponsoring the show. Welcome to the wonderful world of Live Wild Radio slash Live Wild Fitness. And see, when you have the podcast named Live Wild Radio and you have the fitness company called Live Wild Fitness, and hopefully it doesn't confuse people too much. They're the same thing, just so and Kenny, so anybody's listening. And today's episode uh, is not the topic I wanted to talk about. Because Catherine said it wasn't timely. No, I kiboshed it. Yep, she kiboshed. That's what kind of like authoritarian dictator she is. Uh, I own the company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Um, but what we are going to talk about is back to school, back on the program. Uh, because a lot of people tend to find the summertime, they might be active. You know, you ride your bike, you do different things, you're out and about, you like to be outside more. But because of vacations and all this, it gets in the way of people being on a consistent program. Well, n- most of our listeners are parents. And the great thing is, is that now the kids are back on a consistent program <laughs> that you can get back on a consistent program. Um, you know, because did you find it a little more difficult during the summer? Um, yeah, yeah. When the kids were here, for the most part, they were in camp, but, um, yeah. Huh. Yes and no, because in the summer, I, went, I did all my cycling. Yeah. Right? I mean, of course, I did cycling in May and June as well, yeah. but that's what I really, it really took off in July. I think what's challenging for me is, and I've thought about this already in advance, is I can't cycle in the snow. Yeah. So, 
what is my training going to be like? Well, that's right. probably the very expensive trainer you bought that you can virtual right. reality. So that's what ride. I did. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's a certain amount of joy I get from out being outdoors yeah. that I don't get on the trainer. And mm-hmm. so it's a different kind of, you know, inspiration or motivation or whatever experience, whatever you want to call it. So I've now purchased my swim cap and my goggles and I'm actually, it's on the table now and I got the schedule today. So I think because I really quite enjoy getting up early in the morning, mm. it gives me a lot of energy and I feel, and, and I get back early enough, especially on days I don't have to go into work yep. that I, I, you know, I, I have like a whole an hour and a half before I have to actually work. Yeah. So it's, it's a great way to start the day. And I, so more than just for the health benefits and fitness benefits, there's a lot of mental and no, that's a health benefit. Work though. motivation benefits. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> one of the things people like, I can give you all the stats on the physical health benefits of exercise, right? Improving your cardiovascular health and muscle mass and bone density and, you know, triglycerides and blah, 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 all those different things. You know, insulin sensitivity. Um, but what you're going to run into that basically I think is equally as important um, is the mental health aspect of it. Uh, Because if you are depressed, you don't give a shit about (laughs) your longevity or your health or, you know, uh, like, whereas you care about those things more if your life is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Or you you perceive your life to be awesome. and part of the way you perceive your life to be more awesome is to be in a better mental state. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and exercise is from a consistent, uh, like a study standpoint, like this isn't, you know, anecdotal, even though I find it this way myself. Uh, exercise, uh, consistent, regular exercise has similar benefits to prescription antidepressant medication without the side effects, right? If anything, it's the opposite. Like being in shape and in a good mood, much more likely to increase your libido. Whereas if you're on prescription uh, antidepressants, your libido goes in the toilet and that's more likely to make you even more depressed Mm. (laughs) or does not care. But can lead to conflicts in your relationship. Yeah. Right? That It's like, okay, my mood's a little more stable, but now my partner's like... Uh, do we not do this thing anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas if you, uh, and this isn't medical advice, I'm not saying don't listen to your doctor and all that jazz, right? Everybody's situation is different. But as somebody who's been on antidepressants, um, I'd much rather manage it with exercise. How long were you on it for? Uh, about two years. Oh, really? Yeah. How old were you? Uh, mid to late 20s. Hmm. Like it sucked. Yeah. You know, because it's like you're, you're, you lose the low points, but you also lose the high points. Mm. Um, mm. You know, so uh, basically by working with exercise, working, you know, uh, therapy, blah, 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 a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, I've had way more success uh, without the negative side effects. Mm-hmm. Right. And and if you think about like almost every medication, right, that they and the fact that they can advertise medications uh, like this is just a side tangent, but uh, that they can, you know, because have you seen TV commercials or, uh, 
you know, radio commercials for like medications. Oh yeah, the U.S. and especially in the U.S. Yeah. You know, but they're like I hear them on the radio stations here. Mm-hmm. But it's funny they don't say what it's for. You should ask your doctor if Zimbalta is right for you. Why? I don't know what I've got. <laughs> What's it for? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you know, to be one of those things, it's like, wait, you're marketing a thing and you're not even telling us what it's for. Mm. But I should talk to my doctor about it. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to go in asking, uh, do I need this drug? I would like to think my doctor would tell me if I needed that drug. Yeah. You know? Um. So... But they always finish off with a whole bunch of side effects. Yeah. Right. You know, like I'm not faulting on modern medication, modern medicine. Right. But the thing we've run into with modern medicine is it's very good at dealing with the things that kill you quickly. Right. Infection, traumatic injury. It isn't good at dealing with the things that kill you slowly. Mm, That's a good topic, actually, because it's a real thing, you know, in terms of um obesity you know falling out of fitness losing strength losing muscle over time and you don't notice it right it's not until you test yourself like i remember i got into the monkey bars not too long ago a couple well years ago right but within the past six years i'm like man i can't do this yeah you (laughs) you can barely hold on let alone swing i can't can't swing like my arms like i'm gonna hurt my shoulder sockets or my armpits you know yeah um yeah, if you don't use it, you lose it. Because yeah. um, I'm taking this side course about um, sport physiology, I think. Yeah. And that's one of the principles. And, and I see that, and it's true, especially as you get older. It doesn't matter how good in shape. I talked about this in the past. When I was in my best shape, my lightest, I hadn't been living in a house with stairs for a year. Yeah. Well, I went to a friend's house, went up de- went up the stairs to the bathroom, and came down. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, like this. This hurts. I can't do this. Yeah, walking down the stairs. And then when we moved here to this house with lots of stairs, um, I had to do some physio. And once I did it, it came back, and yeah. I still have to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, I fall out of shape. Yeah, and it's not like the whole body falls out of shape. It's that you you lose a specific skill. It's a very yeah, I, and I don't know if it's because it's already weakened. Yeah, well, because the fact is, it's like I do no special training to go up and down stairs. And I have no problem going. Right, I'm already quite. Um, what's the word? I'm already compromised in yeah. that area with my knees. Right, so. So for those of you who are playing the Live Wild Radio drinking game, um, whenever Catherine mentions uh, her, her fucked knees. up knees, <laughs> <laughs> I only mentioned a couple of times. You know, an episode. no, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a couple of times an episode. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, but the this is the reality, right? Yeah, it's like, and and I think this is a good thing for people to hear, right? Um, that you're somebody dealing with chronic injury. Yeah. Right? That isn't going away until you go under the knife and they put like a metal kneecap. Yeah, and that's going to be a balancing act because you really want to put that off until you're at least 60 and I'm 48. Yeah. Um, But if it affects your quality of life so much so that you're worse off, mm. then you should just do it. Yeah. Right? But... Again, it's because they only last about 10, 15 years. You'd think they could make something better. I know. And you don't want to be doing it again. So it's a constant, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise, you know, in truth. That well, because it gives I you have, a thing to be motivated I have about. to focus on this now. And yeah. I've seen quite, you know, the positive impacts or benefits of exercise. And, yeah. and both for mental, but also physical, right? Like I've seen it all and... 
feel strong and great and living my best life. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to approach it that way. It's, it's, you know, when you, um, Peter Tia mm-hmm. was in the same situation. Dr. Peter Tia is, um, a, a physician and he's, um, we'll call him expert. like the, the world's foremost longevity, longevity expert. expert. Yeah. And he was in a situation, I think in his twenties, he was, um, I don't know if he was bedridden, but there was something quite yeah. severe that in his mind, he was in the last 10 years of his life if he couldn't get over, overcome it. I think he was actually, um, he couldn't walk. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why, but he overcame it and it he became obsessed with taking care of himself. And I think he had always been athletic. Yeah. And that, that I think is, if you're somebody who's athletic and then you're injured, yeah. It really is depressing. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, because you've always felt strong and experienced you know you're all about goals and performance yeah. and so um the good thing is that if you have been athletic then it doesn't it's not as long to get it back recoup that mm-hmm. um but i think what's you know with back to school the theme is getting back on track um but even looking at it from a seasonal perspective mm-hmm. like seasons come and go and so will that affect your training you know, will you spend as much time outdoors if, you know, winter comes and snow comes? Do you like the snow? You may not. So then what are you going to do about it? Especially if you're new at it and you haven't done this before, right? Because yeah. um, it's really a lifestyle thing. So what motivates you to go to the gym if you require that? Um, is it training partners? Are they still on schedule with you or not? You know, I've lost my training partner for cycling. It's a summer thing. We've done it two years in a row now. Yeah that's okay. I'll find other people. So I'm now going to find other things. And actually, by the way, um, Grand River rocks, hash shout out to them. They're doing a promo. So I might get a punch card pass or something for the winter. Yeah. Because for us in the past, when I was in my best shape, I was rock climbing a lot. Now it's a distance for us to drive, but which Grand River or a core Grand River. Yeah. I prefer them. because I want to lead climb. Oh. I don't know. I just want to try something different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's better for, it's probably, it probably doesn't matter, you know, bouldering, because I don't usually fall, but yeah. I do, and I fall the wrong way. You can fuck up your knee. Yeah. Whereas if you fall when you're on a rope, you just hang there. Yeah, less likelihood yeah. of injury. So anyway, that's so it's coming up with strategies. Like, yeah, well, and one of the things I like people to think about is the idea of training in seasons, right? Like this is sort of a perfect way to, you know, if you think... Uh, and it doesn't have to be the actual seasons lined up perfectly, you know, but I kind of think of fall is when Labor Day is done, right? Even though it's a thousand degrees out right now, you know, we're not, we're not getting out our fall sweaters yet and everything. Um, but, but the pumpkin spice lattes are coming yeah, <laughs> and I can get you they, into they, some extra caloric pro- yeah, problems. Pro- yep. Um, you know, one of the one of the big things you're going to run into with that is, obviously, when school goes back in, summer's over, it's easier to get a little bit more regimented, right? So the first half of fall is basically still doing a lot of riding, um, but the hours it's getting light in the morning later and getting dark earlier, right? So you won't get quite as much in each week. Um, 
you know, but still able to, you've got the weather to do it outside, you know, for September, October anyway. Um, and then, uh, with that ramping up a little bit more indoor strength training circuits, uh, you know, uh, we've added in club bells, which are basically steel maces or steel clubs. Um, Mm uh, so there's a lot of swinging and rotation exercises. Um, uh, you know, so it's, it's strength training, but not sort of in normal sets and reps, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, uh, and I started looking at it both for movements that can help Catherine and movements that can help me rotationally. Because one of the things, uh, since Catherine and I, Catherine's so kind as to buy me a gravel bike this year, uh, so now we go out riding on the road or gravel trails um, together a lot. And I got a lot of years riding in my legs, so I'm a little bit faster than her. So I'm always trying to look behind me to see where she is. And I found when I first started, like, twisting. I sucked at it because mm-hmm. I hadn't done it in a long time. Yeah. Right? So adding in the rotational things with the clubs can help shore up one of my weaknesses. And that's actually probably pretty good for people who are sedentary all day in office work. Yeah. Because you get right, that hunched ro- over shoulders and it helps to really open up, open up the shoulders, fire the core. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's great for people with bad elbows mm-hmm. um, because your, your joints aren't just moving in a linear fashion the way you would doing a bicep curl. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, you know, this whole 360 degree rotation you do with the clubs mm-hmm. um, and the clubs we have, we've got a one five pounder, one ten pounder. So it's not like they're heavy weights. Um, but sort of like anything, you progressively build longer duration and then gradually get heavier clubs and blah, blah, blah. Um, Is there any benefit when you're swinging those to put on the blood flow restriction bands? <sighs> or is that more for when you're targeting like biceps? And yeah. Biceps. Curls and stuff like that. Triceps, okay. forearms. So never mind. Yeah. Um, you know, that's really good for hypertrophy work. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you're doing more extended duration... You don't want to be blood flow restricted for too long when you're doing something like clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is, you know, uh, with the start of fall, it's riding and a bit more gym training, um, maybe a bit more walking, right? Because mm-hmm. nice fall evening. Yeah. Well, you maybe think about how I can switch my days because if we're challenged for time for riding, I could cha- move my riding to lunchtime, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe I can talk ryan into coming over before work he may or may not be into that because he's not an early riser but um he although he said recently he said he'd consider it like not so much he was thinking more about the riding but um i you know obviously because but you don't have to ride every day either if you do you know some lunches obviously tuesdays when you go to work you can't do it but if you were to do right but if i did monday wednesday fridays yeah riding and then get some strength training in the morning or you know well that's what i'm hoping to do is do that and then ideally do my mobility in the morning yeah so get my some physio, swimming whenever which you is do. actually a very good or and swimming yeah um and sauna and then in the evenings you know throw in some other workouts like yeah. that's what I, I that sounds like a lot it is a lot um but, the convenient but thing i have to be smart with my time because mm-hmm. with the kids you know should they be enrolled in three things throughout the week Right. Yeah. It's a lot of time commitment too, right? And there's not going to be time in the <coughs> evenings. It's got to be in the morning. Quite honestly, 
I find that the benefit, the energy that you get in the morning is really something I thrived off of. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, so I got to find that activity that yeah. motivates me to go do that. One, well, and the thing you run into too is that when you get into later fall, when the weather gets to be more shit, you know, it's just cold and wet out. Yeah. Then... You know, periodically, maybe on the weekend, if we have a good day, we'll still bundle up and go for a ride, go for a mountain bike ride. Um, but then during the week, get on your trainer a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your indoor bike trainer. Uh, maybe instead of three strength training workouts a week, you do four, you know, where everything's hit, uh, you know, basically, and it can be sort of split up, upper, lower, upper, lower, or... You know, um, like a three-way split and then a full body day. So everything's getting hit twice a week. You know, there's different ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, And, you know, basically you could have a strength training because you're lifting weights. But you could have conditioning days and strength days. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of different ways to put that together. Um, And that's one of the things that we're such big fans of kettlebells. That if you'd set up like a like an auto-regulated density cycle where you set a timer for half an hour and get as many sets in that you can do without, uh, you know, killing yourself. And the idea is over time you eventually get more and more and more. It ends up being both a strength building, muscle building workout and a uh, cardiovascular training because you're, you're, you're not doing these big long rests. You're just resting enough and going again, resting enough, going again, resting enough, going again, you know, or the same thing with the EMOM workouts. Um, those are awesome because you end up, uh, like if you're doing a circuit, first minute you do, you know, a pushing exercise, second minute you do a squatting exercise, third minute you do a pulling exercise. Well, that's done most of your body, um, you know, and then maybe fourth minute you do a core exercise. And you just rotate through that for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Because one thing that we've talked about in the past was, you know, if you find yourself more indoors in the winter or mm. in, a, in a season, save that time to do more of the gym work. Yeah, more strength work. Yeah, and whereas in the summer, if you're out and about, you know, doing activities and enjoying the weather and as you're doing exercise, go have at it. Yeah. Um, use, do the minimum dose in the gym keep it like super short even if it's like 16 20 minutes yeah so that you can have fun and yeah. and enjoy what Be- you love doing right? yeah because one of the things you you realize is that you don't have to try to optimize everything at the same time mm-hmm. um you know if you sort of have a, a, a phase where you're doing more strength work and less cardio you're still doing cardio but you're doing just enough cardio to maintain your fitness um but then you're doing, you know, more strength work. And then when you, say, switch into bike season, where you're doing a lot more cardio, um, it only takes one-eighth uh, of the training volume to maintain your strength. I was going to ask you that. As it takes to build it. Mm. Right? So if you did three 15-minute workouts a week during the summer, you know, that relatively heavy but pretty short, that would maintain your strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're going to have, have some muscular endurance, specific muscular endurance might go down a little bit, but that'll come back quickly. Um, you know, and then now you've got the, the more time to devote to building your cycling fitness and that's going to trade over, obviously leading to better cardiovascular fitness. 
Um, and in, in a sense, it's almost getting people to think of themselves as an athlete. And that's why I like people to have something they do, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're talking, it'll be a long time for me that I've done this, but actually signing up for some cycling events next year. Yeah. Right? Um, and so because you've had some events you signed up for, you paid the entrance fee for, mm-hmm. well, then now you have something you train for. Right. Right. And like if I'm coaching an athlete, they don't work out the same year round. Right. There's phases. Right. The idea is to potentiate the adaptations leading into the season that you want to have. So we might have, you know, like for anybody who's over 40, one of the things I recommend is like a two month block in the winter of just focus on building muscle. Mm. You know, if all you get for cardio is like, you know, three or four half hour brisk walks. Um, or you do 10 minutes of like kettlebell swings, uh, you know, four or five days a week, that'll do an okay job of maintaining your cardio when you're putting a lot of your effort into building muscle. Hmm. Um, and just because, and the reason why I suggest this is that over 30, you lose muscle mass every year if you don't do anything about it. And, you know, we talk about this a lot, but eventually you reach a point where you have a condition called sarcopenia, um, which when I first heard of back before I knew anything, um, I thought it was like a type of cancer. <laughs> 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 but I guess in a sense, it's a way that you're, you know, your body's eating away at your muscle. Yeah. You know, so it's, n- no, I'm not even going to try to stretch it into an analogy where it's, you know, it's a cancer on your whatever. But um you reach a point you've lost enough muscle mass that you can't do daily tasks. Mm. You just, because muscle is where the strength comes from. Your ability to move comes from your muscles. So we don't want to ever reach a point where you can't get off the toilet. uh, You can't lift your bag into the overhead compartment of a plane, you know, whatever those things happen to be just basic, you know, functional things. And so by having a, two month phase in the winter where you just go, I'm a bodybuilder, <laughs> you know, yeah. wear a sweatband. Yeah. Tell everybody bro, have your protein shakes, <laughs> you know, get your pump on. Yeah. Um and then, you know, if you think about say, you know, that could lead right into that could be call it December and January, right? Your mm-hmm. two month muscle building block. Right. Um and then when you, February, well, February is not far away from March. March is when spring technically comes, even if you can't get outside, depending on, you know, if you're one of those people in San Diego, go fuck yourself where you've got beautiful weather all the time. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we then look at it from the standpoint of, okay, well, then what preparation do I need to do specifically for my activity that I want to do in the summer? Right. You know, and then if you happen to be a cross-country skier um, and that's what you really love mm-hmm. to do or a mm-hmm. downhill skier, then you would structure it so that y- you get ready for that. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and obviously just in the course of one podcast, how you structure for each activity, you know, what things you need to work on. It's sort of beyond the scope of that. Um, but if you go to livewildradio.com and clip on, click on fitness coaching, um, I'm more than happy to help you out. <laughs> that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you think of it from the standpoint of stages um, and each stage feeds to the next, right? It's, it's basically, you know, microcycles, macrocycles, and mesocycles. Um, and, you know, 
your macro cycle is a week. Your macro cycle is a, a month or two. Your mesocycle is the year, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And if you think of it that way, like each piece builds upon the free previous pieces. Um, and you can have periods where, you know, it's not like you do no cardio, but you're doing less and you're doing a little bit more strength work or more skill work or more balance work or, um, you know, any of these other factors. And then when you get into riding season, in our case, you know, riding and rock climbing, well, then you're doing less of the, uh, you know, muscle building, right? You're doing just enough to maintain what you've built. And you're focused on building your fitness and skill in those other things, right? And then when towards the end of the season, when you're sick of the thing you've been doing for, you know, so much, then you transition into the next season, mm-hmm. right? New challenges, yeah. Yeah, you know, and and it's that kind of cyclical nature of it that I think can keep people on board. Like if you, you had to do the exact same routine every week, month after month after month, if you can mentally do it, it can be highly effective, right? Small variations and you just keep plugging away. Um, and if you're, say, somebody like a bodybuilder, your whole goal is just to be as big and jacked and, you know, aesthetic as possible. Well, that's what you're doing all the time. Mm-hmm. But even they, they have their, their seasons. Right. Right? Because you have bulking phases, cutting phases, mm. you know, specialization phases to bring up the weak body parts. Right. right. So even the bodybuilder whose overarching thing is just one focus will have different phases of their year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think by focusing on it that way, um, you know, you run into the thing where it's like, okay, well, what kind of fun thing can I do? Right. Yeah. Like when the weather starts getting too shitty to spend a lot of time outside, like even if you've never rock climbed, like go to an indoor rock climbing gym. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's a kick ass workout. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It's playing. You get to climb shit. Yeah, right. It's very social, so it hits, checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, and it's mentally good. And when you're, when you're, you know, you're not getting as much sunlight, you know, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. winter blaws. It's perfect. Now you got something to look forward to. You're gonna go see your climbing bros. Yeah, and it's it's a super welcoming community. Yeah, right. And it gets you in shape for the summer if you keep up with it. Yeah, yeah. We had a friend Kirsten. No, we had we have a friend Kirsten. Yeah, yeah. we haven't lost her. <laughs> we know exactly where she is. <laughs> Shout out to Kirsten. Um, you know, over a year's time, I mean, she was a weaker climber than me. Mm-hmm. And I think when we, when I was in good shape, I was, you know, I'd start off at 5'8", you know, and she'd start off at 5'7". Anyways, a year later, what is she doing now? Like 5'10", 5'11s? Mm. A year later. Yeah. Because she, she was just super consistently. Consistent. She was like two, three times a week. Yeah. You know? So, it's awesome. Yeah. Because if you, if you stick with it, and you're like the, the the best thing you can do with anything is consistency. Yeah. Right. Like that that is level one. Right. Obviously, once you're consistent, varying your load, so you maybe have a, a a light day, a medium day, a hard day each week, you know, and get a little bit more specific with your training. Um, but that idea, you know, first off, more than anything, is just consistently punch the clock, treat it like a job. Treating look after, looking after yourself like a job. If you didn't show up, you're going to get fired, right? Um, you know, and it not to take from, you know, like Jordan Peterson, but it's like, uh, 
you know, I forget one of his 12 rules for life is like treat yourself like someone you're responsible for, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think this really goes out to women in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, the way I always put it, put it is you can't look after anybody else if you don't look after yourself first. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you are one of those people that puts everybody else first, you're gradually going downhill. You are. Yeah. To the point that eventually you're not going to be able to look after those people that you care about. And not only that, but if you have young children, kids will be more athletically uh, active if they see their mother yeah. being athletic and, and exercising. So you're certainly a role model that is, you know, it's important to play that role full on. Um, you know, it doesn't take long to build all these, you know, improvements in strength and no. agility and weight loss it's just as you said it takes consistency and it's about building a lifestyle we've talked about this in the past it's not just because you can't I don't know I I think it can unless you're super disciplined it can be difficult to do it all because we talked about its strength its cardio its activity its mobility its balance like it's all these things so think about and it's and quite honestly I think the social side is really important Mm -hmm for people and longevity right um so if you do something like rock climbing for example you're getting the strength you can get the cardio if you're going uh if you're roped in particular if you i mean when you're doing bouldering it's a question of how strong you are and you get gassed out but um you get more of a cardio uh, training effect from the rope climbing but it's balance Mm -hmm. you know it's all that mobility can you move your leg where you want to move it yeah if you're weak, maybe you need to work on that, you know, so it, and it, plus it's a social. So to me, it's like a no brainer. Yeah, to me, it's, a, it's never been exercise. I've never treated, I, it's treated, I treat it as something that I like. <coughs> you're playing. You're playing, but it's highly beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you and, know? and, and it shows off what you can do and you surprise yourself. So yeah. And, and there's a built in because climbing has grades, like routes of a, mm. a difficulty. Um, you see, uh, you know, a a actual measurable improvement. Like you, it's not just like oh, I think I'm a little stronger. I'm, you know, no. It's like you used to climb five six. Now you climb five nine. That's three grades. You know. Yeah. And you run into that thing where, uh, you know, there's the tangible, measurable. I'm this many grades better, right? Mm-hmm. Or on your bike, I'm this much faster. Right. Right. But then there's also the uh, intangible ones that it, as you become more in tune with your body, you'll notice where it's like that felt smoother. Right. That's not a measurement thing. Right. But you, you maybe did the same route, but it felt more in control. Yeah. Whether it's rock climbing or any other activity mm-hmm. that you do as a team sport, as a sport, right? activity um if you do it often enough you'll see the effects of your training yeah. right so it's a feedback loop and then you you're the they, things you do that are just exercise lifting weights um you know have doing, a purpose doing intervals hill sprints any of the cardio whatever will have a benefit to the activity you do right and the so, activity you do shows you what you can do yeah and keeps you inspired to keep... So it's a really awesome feedback loop. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, like obviously our other big one's riding. And like get in a cycling club. You know, um, go on group rides with people. Mm-hmm. Right? 
because that's the same kind of thing where maybe you start off and you're at the back of the pack, right? But what happens is, is you get fitter if you put the work in um, because you're dealing with a collection of human beings. Um, some people's lives or whatever, for whatever reason, they're not improving as much. And because you've been, you know, you kind of got bitten by the bug, you're a bit more diligent. Well, now when uh, on a ride, you're in the middle of the pack, right? And then late in the season, it's like you're right up with the leaders at the end. You know, there's a real improvement there. You know, um, if you do any kind of event or race, uh, you know, always compare yourself to yourself, right? Because there's just going to be people to kick your ass no matter mm-hmm. what you do. Right. Um, but uh, one of the things you'll run into, though, is that especially events, once you've done them, you know, maybe a couple of years in a row, and you notice that, oh, this the course is exactly the same as it was last year, and I'm 20 minutes faster, right? Mm-hmm. You get these little landmarks yeah. that show the improvements. Yeah. Um, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to do everything perfect. Like, I've talked about my, you know, 80%, right? Get an A. Because if you get 80% in school, that's an A grade. An A grade's good, Right. So it's like get in 80% of your planned workouts, give it an 80% effort. You don't have to go 100%. Give it an 80% effort. You know, like if you were doing a, a set of an exercise that you could do 10 reps, 10, you know, the 10th rep was like maximum effort. <coughs> and you definitely didn't have 11 in you. If you did eight reps, you'd get a good training benefit out of it. Right? That's going 80%. Um, you know, eat well. 80% of the time. Um, right. You know, if you take and get an A in everything, you will blow yourself away with how successful you will be. Right? Even if it's not it's not perfect. Right? Um, for a lot of people, the perfect ends up being the enemy. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed um, when I got back into working out about four months ago and consistently for about two to three months. I mean, it wasn't perfect, right? I wasn't doing full on hard work like the way you and Ryan were, but mm-hmm. still doing workouts and, and gradually improved. And um, yeah, it was pretty. And happy. It was pretty easy. Yeah, it was, it was it was it was coming along really nicely. Yeah, you know, and I would say I fell into that where I wasn't perfect, but cons- I was getting better and better. Yeah. You know, so the other thing that I really enjoyed a couple of years ago was that 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge. Yeah. And I did that in the month of March, yeah. I believe, because I remember I was done by April 1st. I was. And you were able to, the weather was good enough. You did some of them outside. Yeah, I did. <coughs> I did. And I noticed at that time I was, you know, starting to reduce my weight and getting really strong and you know, uh, the cardio fitness was injected into that as well. So it really helped with mountain biking. It was perfect way to start the season. It was, Mm. it was incredible. I felt so agile. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that kind of thing where, uh, finding Catherine's covered a bunch of things, but like finding your tribe, you know, whether it's at a climbing gym, uh, I find regular commercial gyms don't tend to be super social. No. It's people just all people doing their individual. Own. Yeah. You know, but if you get in some classes, um, yeah. I've, I've got some issues with CrossFit from a programming standpoint. Uh, like I know too many people that, 
have gotten injured sort of going balls to the wall all the time. But the plus that they have, man, it is community. Yeah. Right? You're working out with the same people all the time. You cheer each other on. It's pretty badass. Right? Jiu-jitsu. Right? If you're going to jiu-jitsu, you know, three nights a week and it's with the same people, like it's your posse. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And then you start looking at, okay, what training could I do to get better at jiu-jitsu? You know? Right. Um, and then it gets you doing, you know, you start doing some kettlebells outside yeah. of jujitsu class and, you know, maybe you get a couple of, uh, sled drags or tire drags in a week. You know, you're just getting these little extra things in cause you want to make your jujitsu better. Right. But you also have the social component. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Dry throat. And I, I actually brought a drink this time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it comes down to... Uh, finding those activities that are fun, that have your tribe, um, that p- keep bringing you out, especially in the dark times of Winter. reduced sunlight, mm. which, you know, can be depressing. Um, meanwhile, gives you the feedback loop of seeing three. He does sucks. <laughs> He's got one more coming. <laughs> and we're not done. That was only five. <laughs> He's trying to hold it back. No, it's no, coming. I'm seeing if it's coming. Ah. I've never met anybody who sneezes as much as you do. Yeah, I, I just joke that, you know, because I sneeze at least once every day and it's multiple sneezes. Is it that, once every day? Yep. Yeah, um, that it's, it's uh, a little bit of supplemental core work. <laughs> Man, because like I've had my hands on my stomach when I sneeze. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah, like, man, yeah, yeah. those abs tighten up. Yeah. You know. So, um, yeah. So I felt, I think finding those activities are really important. Yeah. And, um, and if you've got a family, um, like just to give you an idea, like we just got back from vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spent 10 days, nine days uh, mm-hmm. in uh, Quebec in the Laurentian Mountains. Rock climbing, mountain biking. You and the kids did some swimming. Um, mm. You even did it like an open water swim. I did. It was fun. You know, dragging your boy around. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and you were getting in the water at the same time. This Jack triathlete dude was doing up his wetsuit. That was fun to watch. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then there was the two wrinkly old men doing. You yeah, know. it was inspiring. Yeah. Like they're old and they're doing it. You know. Yeah. And they were out basically doing like the kilometer or like 1.2 kilometer like route around mm-hmm. this lake yeah. uh, in St. Adele. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so common that like they have the sign and it tells you the distances. Right. Right. So obviously. Pe- people are out there all the time. Every time I go there to that lake, there's probably at least five or six people out there in, in the half hour that we're there. Doing laps. Or an hour. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things, and I don't know how we bring this here. To Ontario? Yeah. Is not specifically the swimming thing, but the goddamn culture is... They've got it going there. I was talking to Walter's parents this, this morning. Like, they've <coughs> got it going in Quebec. Yeah. It might be because the insurance is embedded, is already covered in a lot of these parks. Yeah. Right? There's no issue. Like, when you think about public be- beach access, they just let you go. Yeah. 
you know, it's everything's like, look at the playgrounds. The playgrounds are tougher than what we have here. Yeah. For like we, we, we always joked with the kids because um, last year when we went, there was a six year old lead climbing outdoors. Having a tantrum on the wall. Yeah. But <laughs> she was the one climbing and clipping the, you know, yeah, yeah. putting quick draws in and clipping the bolts. Uh, and uh, it started us sort of with a joke about how like Quebecois kids are tougher than Ontario kids or, yeah. you know, English kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then we kept seeing uh, other things that illustrated that. Well, yeah, like from the playground structures to being super high and, you know, not as nerfed. Yeah. Um, to probably the four-year-old on her, on the pump track on the pump track with um, a unicorn or something on the front of her, and she was in a dress. <laughs> yeah, she was she was on a pump track on like a little kid's no trainers, just, you know, no training wheels. Of course, it's a pump track. There was a bunch of kids doing that. Yeah. There was another one. There was probably two or three just going around having a good time. You know, and she was like bombing around a pump track, happy as can be. Uh, and for those who don't know, a pump track it's like basically a bike track. That uh, you'd ride with like a mountain bike or a BMX. You can get jumps and all that kind of thing. And you, it's called a pump track because if you do it right, as you come up the little rise, you pump your way down, push down on your handlebars to load the next little descent and you carry your momentum through the whole thing. <coughs> well, there's a little kid <coughs> just ripping it up in a dress with the Barbie on her handlebars. <laughs> and, you know? and smiling like... yeah. Wee, this you is know. fun. And and yeah. it's the thing where Hudson's like, I hadn't even learned to ride a bike yet. <laughs> 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 you know? Um, and so it, it's that kind of thing like where there's a, like a culture. There is. You know, uh, that basically you've got uh, road cycling, um, rail trail riding, mountain biking. People are road cycling on the highway. Yeah. And they've, they've, got, they've got like a paved shoulder for you to legally ride on the highway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, now the highway, the speed limit's 90 kilometers, not 100, but nevertheless, people are going fast and it's windy. Yeah. You know. Um, Can they do it on the 15? That's what they were on. Was it on the 15? Yeah. You, you don't see it very often. No. But this is the area. Because the 17, yes. The 117 is just... Uh, Two direction. It's not a controlled access right. highway. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. This is what they do. I mean, Ironman's out there, right? Yeah. They, they do the Tromblois Ironman. But I mean, just the infrastructure, the amount of trails, the access, like everything was free like to get to. Not all the trails, but it was for what you're getting, you're happy to pay it. Yeah. Um, clean. But everybody's... Out there, yeah, because you you go out on the Route Petit de Nord, which is our equivalent of the rail trail. Yeah, two hundred k. Yeah, you know, and you know, look basically, Packed. and it's just people and people and people and people. Uh, yeah, and every little town you get to uh, has a setup on the rail trail. Yeah, right with the restaurants and bike shops and oh yeah, you know, and all the bikes there are high end. Yeah. Like they, they, they had no, the one shop, uh, well, we went into a bunch of bike shops um, and the cheapest bike we saw was like a $1,500 hybrid bike. And like, that was like a weird anomaly. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you were seeing like 
you know, eight, ten, twelve thousand dollar mountain bikes. I remember I saw a mother with her kid who clearly couldn't go to school, back to school because they were too young. But the kid was all armored up. Yeah. And it's with the full face helmet and Oh yeah. Like this kid probably was three years old. Getting them all into the mountain biking. Yeah. You know. Like oh, there's yeah. just a, there seems to be a, like a culture of that kind of outdoor adventure. Yeah. Because it's the same thing, like climbing. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of places to climb there. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, and, you know, uh, and I can't speak to other parts of Quebec. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe they've got, you know, uh, parts where nothing, you know, they don't like cyclists and they don't like climbing mm-hmm. and they don't like, you know. But if you compare it to Collingwood, it's not as... Prevalent Collingwood seems to be more for retired people. Yeah, you know and they've got some bike shops, and, and they do have people who live there too. But yeah. this place, this is a community for everybody. Like. Yeah, you know, plenty of retirees. Yeah, but the retirees are in great shape. But lots of kids. Yeah, lots of kids out there. You know, but it's also a tourist area too, right? Yeah, so um, people could be coming up. Yeah, yeah. you know, and but, but judging by a lot of the sports facilities that they have for the schools and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but one of the, the things that sort of, I was bringing this up for is the fact that, uh, we just did a vacation that the kids rode five times. They climbed a bunch of times. They, uh, because they work out with us, um, you know, at home, uh, we're coming up with workouts to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. They wanted to, I guess they were bored and they decided to uh, burn some energy. Yeah. You know, so it was the thing. It's like, okay, so I'm going to take and do loaded carries up and down the hill, you know, carrying like these four liter water bottles. Feet, right? Yeah. But it's steep. Yeah. Uh, super steep. Yeah. You know, jugs of water. Like we've got four, like one gallon or four liter jugs of water. Um, they're carrying those up and down while the other person has to do push ups and then do sprints around the campfire area and then do more push-ups some body rows hanging off the yeah doing body rows hanging off the railing and (laughs) you know they were sprinting and jumping and you know so this is that kind of stuff that if you start doing body fitness and make it part of your lifestyle you incorporate it into your family into your you know recreational time Mm -hmm. (coughs) then a you'll find it easier to get it in right because Mm -hmm. If one of the things you can do as a family is just go work out together. Yeah. Um, you're not neglecting your family to work out. Right. They're pissed off that when we go to Mexico, they can't go to the gym with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if we can show them what we're, no, we know what we're doing? Yeah. Like, I know, I know how to use stuff. I know how to use kettlebells. Can, can we, like, maybe get an exception? <laughs> you know? And then it's like, well, you know, I can't guarantee that. Like, you got to be yeah. 16 or older to go to the gym. Yeah. And they're like... Okay, well, we'll do sprints in the sand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do push-ups. It's like yeah. that's the spirit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and that—that's that kind of idea, though, right? Like, we not only um, have found ways to make this work for us, right? And we people with jobs, and you know, obviously we've got kids and um, life, and we've just found ways of making it. Uh, part of our life mm-hmm. um and then you know it benefits us obviously 
for us to be healthier, better shape, better mood, you know, look better in our underpants, all those types of things. Um, but we've also laid the groundwork for our kids to have uh, this amazing future, mm-hmm. right? Because like how many 10-year-olds, you know, or 11-year-olds could give you a rough idea how to put a workout program together? Yeah, and that's exactly what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> okay, we got this movement, this movement. Oh, we got to get this in too. We don't have this in yet. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so uh, it's one of these things where the kids are sponges. They want to be like you. Yeah. Right? Um, and so... It, it's been great because I guarantee in three years, five years, 10 years, the kids are still going to be active. Yeah. Right? Because we've laid this groundwork. Like, we, we don't have video games in our house. No. Right? We just, you know, um, as much fun as they are. Like, Hudson and I would just blow <clears throat> an entire weekend just playing Call of Duty. Right. You know? So I know that about us. Mm-hmm. So we don't allow video games in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's those types of things where it's like choices are made. Um, because I want to have as much, uh, as many experiences as possible in my life that have good stories. Right. Um, and sitting around and playing video games. I've done it before. Um, sitting around playing video games is fun in the moment, but it doesn't give you a story to tell. Um, and so I, I've kind of made conscious choices. Uh, and it's not like I'm just go, go, go all the time. Like we know how to chill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <coughs> but part of it is also that thing of earning your chill. You know, if you're going to sit around at the end of the day in the evening, maybe around a campfire in the backyard to with recover. A, with, yeah. <laughs> with a glass of wine. <laughs> Yeah. We've earned it. Yeah. Right. And by doing some stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a ton. It doesn't have to be. But, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's like uh, even, you know, your cheat meal or your reward meal, however you want to term it. We kind of make a point of trying to earn it. And, you know, all of those little things lead to that 80% rule. Right. It ain't perfect. But if you're improving, you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so now that school's back in, get your ass back in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whether that gym is in your basement like ours. Get on track, reprioritize, replan, you know, know. schedules change. So build your strategy and and execute. Yeah. And use that that, um, little computer in your pants uh, to put things in your schedule. So just as picking your kids up or whatever it is you need to do. Um, you know, your phone reminds you, put your exercise yeah. in there too. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and have we done a, an episode on micro workouts? Uh, no, we'll do that one. Okay. So, and if you're short on time in the yeah. future, listen to our episode on micro workouts that we haven't done yet. Um, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Cause I think it, it, it's such a thing where, you know. People we, go, we've talked a bit about it in other episodes, yeah. but not specifically just that. Yeah, because I think the big thing for so many people is it's like, I can't do it all, so I'm not going to do anything. Right. Right. So yeah. having a whole bunch of, I can't do it all, so I'm going to do this. Right. Right. Having having a recipe or a menu of baby workouts, 10 to 15 minutes long, mm-hmm. get in, bang, 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 on with your day. Yeah. You know, 
that you're developing that consistent habit, you're getting shit done, and they're structured in a way that you'll actually get progress out of them, mm-hmm. even though it's only been 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Because I had you for a while doing 16-minute workouts. Yeah. Because you're lazy. Yeah. Um, and they worked. Yeah. <laughs> and then you transitioned me to like 10-minute, either 10-minute um 20 swings per minute, every minute on the minute, kettlebell swings. Yeah. Or 10 for 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like that. That was that was fun to bang off. Yeah. Because you don't have to think. It was easy. You and know. you felt like you accomplished a lot. Yeah. And it felt good. So, but on that note, it's um, what time is it? 9.22. It's bedtime. It is because we have to get up early in the morning. Yep. To go swimming or get our workouts in. Exactly. Yeah. So on that note, Uh, work hard. Play dirty. Bye.